The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Astrology reveals insights into the greater world, its changing cycles, and universal forces. Through the lens of astrology, we examine special topics and current events, investigate their meaning, and discuss solutions to personal and global problems. Welcome to Astrology, the Theory of Everything, with Mary Jo Weavers and Janie McCarthy. We're here to show you how astrology can be a powerful tool for self-awareness and transformation. You'll be amazed how everything is interconnected when using astrology. Now, here are your hosts, Mary Jo and Janie. Welcome. I'm Janie McCarthy. I'm here with my co-host, Mary Jo Weavers, and our special guest today is Maurice Fernandez, the president of the Organization for Professional Astrology. Hi, Mary Jo. Welcome, Maurice. Good morning, Janie and Maurice. (laughs) Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. And where are you calling in from today, Maurice? Well, I'm I'm in Israel at the moment. So we're on evening hours and happy to participate. Excellent. So you happen to be a perfect role model and example for professional astrologers because you've had such a broad, expansive career. In addition to being a practitioner, you're an author, a retreat organizer, a conference planner and presenter, and now, of course, the president of a very well-respected organization, OPA. Welcome again. (laughs) Thank you very much. I think that part of what makes my path unfold and, and diverse is, is I think the love of astrology. It, it, it takes you, it pulled me in. So it wasn't all planned ahead of time. Wonderful. And Maurice, can you tell us how someone becomes a professional astrologer? Uh, obviously, each of our own paths is unique, but can you give our listeners an idea of what a typical process might be? Well, you know, it's a very good question because astrology as a field is now undergoing its own maturation process. So what I think it's changing the standards and the process is changing very quickly what was even, you know, uh, a reference a couple of years ago is already today somewhat evolving and different. So there are, you know, quite frankly, many people who become astrologers just by studying on their own, whether they join conferences or workshops or study from books and online, you know, the access to the internet has definitely 
um, allowed an easier access to astrology and astrologers. So today there is no set standard. And as I say, some people do it on their own. And I, you know, we're publishing a book through OPA, OPA, uh, later this year in October. And in this book, we interview professional astrologers and ask them that very question. How did they become astrologers? And some of them are in the business, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. And they're very good astrologers. They are doing very well. They're very well respected. And they will tell you they studied on their own. But today, it's changing. So today, people want to be certified. We have better schools. It's better organized. Um, this attitude of just learning from what's available is losing its credibility, even though it worked in the past. I think today people, and even people who are already in the field, um, strive to establish more rigorous standard, more supervised education. And um, I think that we have today, we also have better schools than we ever had before. And that's exciting for, for the field of astrology. Yes. And what other areas of study or uh, experience or, or work enhance an astrologer's skill set and give them more credibility and professionalism? And I, I'm thinking, for, for instance, you have a very extensive background, including kundalini yoga and health consciousness and shamanism. And so you're, you're a perfect example of someone who has branched out in these other areas that enhance your skills as an astrologer. Yes. Well, um, I think the most common association that comes with astrologer is actually the study of psychology. Quite a few astrologers um, have a degree in psychology and counseling, so it helps, it helps them work with people. And even though astrology is not as regulated as psychology, um, it, it does help. Though we have to understand that um, even though astrology it, you know, it addresses personal, emotional development, and it, it is a therapeutic tool for many. It's very different from psychology. So I think many psychologists who become astrologers and blend the two haven't, you know, have that bonus experience. But on the other hand, it's they also have to adapt to the astrology format and not rely exclusively on um, on what their training as psychologists is. Personally, as you mentioned, I went in a completely different path. And again, not something I necessarily planned, but it was a natural evolution. When I was starting as an astrologer, um, first as part-time astrologer, and again, not intending to be a professional, but seeing 
as I was studying, I think one of the most important thing was that I was telling people I'm doing astrology. I'm okay, I can read chart. I didn't hide it. I didn't feel intimidated by, you know, social criticism. And what this led to is people just asking me for reading. You know, they were they were compelled by by what I was doing and they wanted to know more. And that's how I, I basically started to build a clientele because I was advertising my services without really advertising, just stating what I was doing. And at the same time, as I was doing it part-time first, I, I studied yoga for completely different reasons. I was at the time um, living in New York City and I went through a personal crisis. And for one reason or another, I started to practice Kundalini yoga very intensely as this was in a way for me to process the crisis I was going through. And it led to a very, very deep transformation. Mm. So the practice of yoga opened channels. It opened um, my psyche, my confidence. It, it made me more, um, more in tune with myself. And it was very interesting to see how I understood astrology very differently after this spiritual awakening, we may call, through the practice of yoga. And what I realized is how astrologers quite often, you know, work with higher knowledge and they analyze a lot of patterns and they're not always in touch with their bodies, with the earth, with um, other aspects of who they are. And for some reason, my personal experience of going through something seemingly unrelated, which was the yoga, opening deeper understanding for astrology, uh, I understood there is an immediate connection. And since that time, astrology and yoga for me, in you know, they interrelate. And I don't always combine them, but I do combine them when I teach my certification process, my certification program, I do encourage my student to, um, to, to practice some yoga and we, we go on retreats together where we study astrology during the day and practice yoga early morning and meditate. So it seems to work. <laughs> Maurice? The publication, Astrology and the Evolution of Consciousness, Volume 1, Astrology Fundamentals, connects up the evolution of consciousness, spiritual development, and archetypal astrology, all views and perspectives of astrology that you write about and you talk about. Tell us about how those different fields of study have found connections in you. Well, it's, you know, I, I think my, my personal development is, as I said, quite unique because 
it, it's again, it's not something I could have planned. But as, as you refer to this book, this is a book I published in 2009, and my intention behind this book was to provide a book for beginners which uh, recapture all the basics of astrology, but from an evolutionary point of view, from a spiritual point of view. So it's very down-to-earth, it's very practical, but at the same time, it doesn't address the analysis of astrology purely symptomatically because what is evolu the evolutionary astrology uh, perspective it it basically addresses a chart understanding that whatever we feel um, whatever issues we had with our parents whatever we're meant to do in this life um, we can't just identified symptomatically saying oh you're very gifted uh, you, you should be an artist or um, you know you can be an astrologer but the question is why and what does it serve and why is being an artist important on, this, on your soul journey where are you coming from and so forth so this book addresses a more holistic comprehensive approach to chart analysis and it's interesting that even though it's a book for beginners many people who are um, advanced in astrology also use it as a reference so to me you know you refer to shamanism and, and the yoga I explained the yoga part the shamanism came in also very surprisingly um, when I was leading groups in different parts of the world, to me, what was important was um, to offer a platform where we don't just study the symbols and, and do the practical work, but approach astrology also ceremoniously, which means when we have you know, a powerful configuration, even a, even a new moon, or you know, some kind of dramatic alignment, we tune into the energy, we perform a ceremony, we invoke the energy of these influences, what it means for us, so that we can transmute this energy for both our own life path, but also for the well-being uh, on a collective level. So the shamanistic part is, is connecting nature, is connecting a more ritualistic approach to uh, the experience of astrology. And interestingly, as we were doing this kind of work, I came across a, a lady when I was in South Africa who was working with a very endangered species, you know, a subspecies of lions, white lions, which are very rare, they're on the brink of extinction. So she was doing conservation work. But interestingly, she was doing shamanic work with the lions. And her teacher told her that these lions have a higher consciousness. And they very well may come from the stars. 
Hmm. So it, it sounded very interesting. And, you know, for what it's worth, you, you take it as a myth, you take it as a nice mythological story. But it was very interesting that this particular shaman um, mentioned particular star systems that these lions were coming from. And we did the charts of the lions because she had the, the, the information and we could see that everything in their chart was aligned to these particular stars. I mean, to the degree, it was not roughly, it was not, it was very precise. And that was another revelation that there is so much more that we don't understand. And that these the stars speak to us through so many different channels. But, you know, this is, like I say, a very unusual path. And I think that it enhances the experience of understanding our connection and our own being, being channels of connecting the earth with the heavens. Because as astrologer, I see us as modern priests. I see her, us as interpreting messages that are coded in universal intelligence. So um, I encourage people to explore that, but I don't think, you know, that's the only way to do it. I think people are called to explore this different path if that's what resonates with them and that if that, you know, fits their nature. Yes. So what I'm hearing, Maurice, is that in your experience, opening up to yoga and shamanism and ceremonial practices really opened up your experience of doing astrology. And so it was, I'll describe it as as being not so much an intellectual process. And it seems that in the past, many astrologers studied astrology from more of that intellectual perspective and all of the book learning and so it it sounds to me and, and in my own personal experience too the more that I open up to other ways to connect with the earth or other forms of experiencing art or or the universe that it can't help but enhance uh, my astrological understanding and practice and using it with others um, and so I, I think it's wonderful that we can encourage other astrology students to perhaps look a little bit more broadly in their life, would you say, and just follow the breadcrumbs if they're guided to mm-hmm. explore some of these other things in their life that they're attracted to. I agree. Uh, just a quick note, I think we're going to break soon, is I think this has to be combined with the intellectual and critical thinking approach. We need both the left brain and the right brain. Because if it's only uh, shamanism, then it is also lacking. Having the practical you know, um, way of learning and the step-by-step and, and the pure um, critical analysis is also very important. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. 
Well, let's go ahead and take a short break now. And when we come back, we will be continuing our conversation with Maurice Fernandez about the profession of astrology. And we will be taking live calls in the last segment of our show around 43 minutes after the hour. The number to call is one 866 472-5795 or for our international callers the number is 001-488-1405 The Voice America 7th Wave Channel Janie McCarthy loves being a professional astrologer. Her academic pursuits in consciousness exploration, negotiations, and relationship transformation have been critical to helping her clients integrate their material and spiritual worlds. She is known for her ability to simplify and articulate even the most complex concepts to trigger aha moments of pure, meaningful, and lasting clarity. Janie is available for booking presentations, workshops, and client consultations and can be contacted at www.janiemccarthy.com. Mary Jo Weavers is a licensed spiritual health coach specializing in soul personality integration. A certified karmic astrologer, Mary Jo uses the symbolic language of astrology to help her clients understand themselves and their life experiences from a deeper spiritual perspective. Mary Jo can help you gain clarity about your life purpose, relationship dynamics, and how to live your life more effectively. She is available for astrological consultations in person, by phone, and Skype. Check out her website at www.maryjoweavers.com. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to Astrology, the Theory of Everything. To reach the hosts or the guests today, please call 1 866 472 5795. Again, that's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to astrotalkradio at iCloud.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Mary Jo Weavers with co-host Janie McCarthy. And before the break, we were talking with our guest Maurice Fernandez about the profession of astrology. And Maurice, we understand that you have a book coming out this October. Would you tell us about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, actually, there are two books. One is my personal um, release, but the other one that I think is very pertinent to our subject is a book that we will release through OPA, through OPA, and it's called The Professional Practice of Astrology. And this is something our organization is now putting a lot of effort into. This book is really interesting. I, I don't think there 
is going there is in the, on the market a, a book that's so comprehensive about what makes a successful astrologer today. So the book is comprises of different chapters that different authors submitted on different aspects of the astrology practice. For example, uh, some authors speak about the counseling aspect. Other, other authors speaks about how to write blogs and, and publish even books. Others speak about or write about more precisely about what it need, you know, what it takes to make it financially. What are the setbacks, and you know, all kinds of practical advice. So there are about twelve to fourteen chapters. We we have to finalize what will you know get the final cut. But all these chapters present a different aspect of the practice, and then the book also includes interviews from uh, currently practicing full-time astrologers who share their own story, who share their own struggles, um, what, what is more financially rewarding for them in their practice, what, what they focus on. So it, it offers a very um, genuine, authentic uh, insight into the practice of astrology from from people's experience it's not theory it's it's what's going on in their lives and the other part of the book includes a survey where we see who today is an astrologer we see obviously i think we all know that there's a greater majority of women we see that it usually people choose to be astrologer as a second career, not as a first career. So that's also interesting to understand why it's going on this way. And we see that this trend is changing, that more and more younger people become astrologers today and, and so forth. So it's a book that addresses, approaches the, the issue of the profession from very different angles and helps us, both those who want to become astrologers and those who are astrologers, better understand our profession and, and where we're going. Now, I just want to add another uh, important, another important um, element in this process is with the book, we're also organizing an event next year on Astrology Day, which is March 20th. It's going to be a three-day weekend event in Atlanta, Georgia, where OPA is going to organize an event where anyone who wants to launch their practice or people who are practicing astrology and want to enhance their practice, increase, you know, the volume of their clients, um, become more successful, more visible, and, and focus more on astrology, maybe transition from a part-time profession to a full-time. 
So this event will bring all the element, all the expertise together on a platform to guide people and, and help mentor them to do that successfully. And, you know, we're going to have professional astrologers speak. We're also going to have web designers, editors, software developers, people who are not necessarily astrologers, but they help us being good astrologers. Because if we don't have a website, if we can't navigate social media, um, if we can't write properly, you know, we are, our, our practice is going to suffer. So we're going to bring all these elements together so people can get the support, get the insight, what it means to, to be a successful astrologer. We want to emphasize the fact that it's possible to make a living, a comfortable living as an astrologer, but many people don't always know how. So mm-hmm. along with the book, along with the book, we have that particular event. It's called I Astrologer. <laughs> <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds excellent. And addressing any question, any need, a current practicing astrologer or student that's getting ready to launch their own practice could possibly want. You were talking earlier about the survey that will be part of the OPA book and a little bit about the demographics of people that are in astrology. There's also a book and an article that I have looked at called Neptune, the 12th House, and Pisces, Indicators of Career Orientation. I love the fact that your approach suggests something that's non-standard to what my previous training identified as areas in the chart that one looks at for that kind of information. Typically the 10th house, the MC, possibly Mm. even the 6th. But you're looking at Neptune, the 12th, and Pisces as indicators. Tell us about your philosophy and how this works. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, This is pioneering work. Really, and it is part of that, you know, what I was referring to, the yoga helping me understand astrology differently and having new insights. And what I realized is, um, I will backtrack a little bit. This book has been published in 2004, and that's the other book that I'm going to also publish the end of this year. It's going to be the second edition a new revised edition of the Neptune book, which includes, you know, the career orientation. So the philosophy is as such. First of all, I see the professional um, aspect in the chart as the axis of the 6th and the 12th house, or Virgo and Pisces. So it's not only... Pisces, it includes its natural polarity. So there's a natural interplay between the Virgo and the sixth house and the twelfth house. And I use the modern rulership of Neptune, which I found very compelling through this research. And the philosophies is as such. Um, I see the tenth house as a way for us to approach 
relation, uh, career? What is our direction? How we, um, how we lead our career, if you will. So it's not that the 10th house has nothing to do with it, but the 10th house is not necessarily representing the choice of the profession, but more the way we approach it. Whereas the 12th house, as the last house of the zodiac, represents where we serve the greater whole and where our service is impersonal, which means, you know, let's take a very, very classic, basic example. If I open a store and I'm selling shoes or I'm selling candy, I don't have a personal connection to who's going to enter my store, who's going to buy. I am offering a service and I let the you know the client come in and respond to what I'm giving. So the 12th house has a responsive quality. It's not it's a house where we have to let go where something bigger than us takes over. That's it's on a both spiritual level and on a practical level. But essentially the 12th house represents where we can unite with everybody, everything. It represents the oneness of life. So that's a very spiritual concept where we lose our identity into something greater than ourselves. So what does that have to do with profession? It has everything to do with profession because through the 12th house, when we are in this when we are in this dimension of um, collective consciousness and oneness, this is how we can tap into very personal, uh, where we can tap into public needs. So whatever we offer through the 12th house is something that the public can respond to. It's something that, uh, I'm sorry about this. <laughs> it's something that the public can respond to. And it is something that we can address a public need. So if I have, for example, Saturn in the 12th house, this also means that I can address a public need through a Saturnian quality. I can be a leader, I can be a legislator, I can be a politician. All these Saturnian functions will address a public need. And you will see that most politicians, including Barack Obama, including George Bush, including, um, you know, uh, even John F. Kennedy, many presidents have either Saturn in the 12th house or Neptune in the 10th house, connecting the Capricorn and the Pisces energy. And it seems to work. You know, it's not just theory. The, uh, this is backed by countless examples.
And so, you know, it's interesting to also see how we can identify astrology as a profession in the chart. You know, who who um, who can respond to that calling more than others? Does that, a, does that make sense? Absolutely. And um, we've got uh, four minutes until we're ready to go to break. May I ask you about mentoring and whether or not this is something that you find useful, important in someone going into the profession? And did you have mentors? Who were they? Yes. Well, I think that as... as Astrology evolves as a profession. It's important to have mentors. And that's what we're going to also offer through our program, the I Astrologer. We, uh, people that participate in this event will gather with a mentor and they will discuss how, you know, what they want to do with their practice. And the mentor is going to guide them, you know, share their personal experience and insights. And eventually, you know, not just teach them, they're not going to teach them astrology. They're going to teach them how to lead their practice, which is a very different aspect. I think that up to now, many of us had mentors who taught us techniques, who taught us, you know, how to be, how to read charts and how to understand the stars. But we didn't have guidance and a support system in in the practice itself, and and that's what OPA OPA is now focusing on. Um, it, it's to provide a support system. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a, it's part of the evolution. It makes so much sense um, in business professions. That's changing, too, I believe, that the non-technical, non-contextual support and leadership is being provided now by mentors because there's so much more involved with being a professional in any area, including astrology. So, um, let's take a, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue this conversation with Maurice Fernandez, president of the Organization for Professional Astrology. And if you're out there listening, would like to ask him a question, please feel free to call in at 866-472-5795, or if you're calling from out of the country, 001 480 398-1405. We'll be right back. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Mary Jo Weavers is a licensed spiritual health coach specializing in soul personality integration. A certified karmic astrologer, Mary Jo uses the symbolic language of astrology to help her clients understand themselves and their life experiences from a deeper spiritual perspective. Mary Jo can help you gain clarity about your life purpose, relationship dynamics, and how to live your life more effectively. 
She is available for astrological consultations in person, by phone, and Skype. Check out her website at www.maryjoeweavers.com. Janie McCarthy loves being a professional astrologer. Her academic pursuits in consciousness exploration, negotiations, and relationship transformation have been critical to helping her clients integrate their material and spiritual worlds. She is known for her ability to simplify and articulate even the most complex concepts to trigger aha moments of pure, meaningful, and lasting clarity. Janie is available for booking presentations, workshops, and client consultations and can be contacted at www.janiemccarthy.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Listening to Astrology, the Theory of Everything. To reach the hosts or the guests today, please call 1 866 472 5795. Again, that's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to astrotalkradio at iCloud.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome. This is Janie McCarthy back with my co-host, Mary Jo Weavers, and we've been talking to the president of the Organization of Professional Astrology, Mr. Maurice Fernandez. And there are so many there's so many things that Maurice has touched on in the previous conversations. He has such a broad archetypal and soul-purposed viewpoint of the field of astrology. Um, where do you want to take the conversation at this point, Mary Jo? Well, I was wondering if if perhaps Maurice could expand upon the demographics that OPA has put together on who are the astrologers today and and how has that been changing? Yes, that's a that's a wonderful question. Um, I think first of all, the beauty of astrology is that it in, it, it is diverse, even though it is a very specific field. There are so many ways to use astrology. Um, there are different, not only different techniques, but different um, services through astrology. You know, astrology uh, can be addressing the stock market. It can be addressing uh, oracular question through horary astrology. It can be more psychologically oriented. It can be predictive. So uh, we have to understand that the just as human beings we we have a value system and we ask ourselves questions these are the questions we can also ask when we use astrology so it depends a lot on what how you feel astrology can serve the greater public i think first of all the role of astrology is to provide an objective reference it is to provide clarity and distancing from the motion of our lives, the, you know, the um, be, being so immersed into our own existence. It's, it is really about going up to the stars and looking at ourselves from above and, and 
having perspective. That's why you, you know, I I feel that astrology is very strongly represented by Aquarius and and Uranus in the chart, the eleventh house, because it has to do with that mirroring and objectification of who we are and what we're about. So, who are astrologers today? I think, uh, first of all, as I mentioned earlier, to I take this profession very seriously and yet playfully because I do see us touching on such important um, matters, both for individual people and and for the greater collective. And I, you know, I mentioned that astrologers are the modern priests because what are priests about? You know, they are mediators between earthly matters and divine matters. And what is astrology but, but representing universal intelligence, representing, you know, cycles, and patterns that are not random, that are synchronized with one another and create a whole um, a whole design, a whole path, a whole meaning to our existence. You know, when we look at astrology, what is it really? It gives meaning to every moment. Every moment a baby is born, that baby captures that moment and becomes that moment, embodies that moment until, you know, all through his or her life. So astrology gives meaning to every single moment of our lives. And, and Maurice, it, I'm so sorry, go ahead. And what I mean by that is uh, astrologers, even, even though we may understand that, astrologers are the ones to understand and to guide and to interpret these very abstract, symbolic um, messages. And obviously we hope astrologers are doing it accurately and, and ethically and whatnot, but that's, I, I don't think there's another profession today that offers you know, such an interface between um, uh, understanding universal intelligence and translating that into human language, as astrologers do. Maurice, as a collective, as a subgroup of humanity, those of us, those modern priests, as you refer to us, that are making an attempt to bridge the spiritual and the material world with our clients and people in our lives, Let's talk a little bit about the Astrologer Collective. Do we know as a group why we're here and what we've come to do as a collective? I think, um, you know, many people will have different, different takes on that. My personal view is today astrology is, uh, is, a, is on the verge of a breakthrough because there's a greater need for this service. I think that humanity is, is in a huge transition and it needs tools. 
Um, we see how everything is accelerating. Uh, we see how uh, everything we do has greater consequences. Be- everything is is happening very fast and very big everywhere. So it, it's easy to it's easy to create damage <laughs> more so than ever before. And and I think that people feel the need to have perspective, to have this guidance. So astrologers incarnate now because there is a greater need for humanity. And I think that this will guide humanity into a new phase of being. And if we look at it, you know, again, from an astrological point of view, um, we're moving in 2020 to a new conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn at zero degrees Aquarius. And Jupiter and Saturn cycles have a lot to do with social order, with uh, new paradigms, and the fact that it's at zero Aquarius, hence at the fact that possibly people will need this kind of knowledge and a higher guidance and not just rely on practical things. Uh, Pluto's going to move into Aquarius for, you know, two decades or close to that. And I think that the, the, the generation born in, in the early 90s with Jupiter, excuse me, with Uranus and Neptune conjunct, those who are born with Neptune in Aquarius will, will be the ones who will bring astrology to the mainstream or at least to a greater level of exposure and use. Uh, you know, you refer earlier to the fact that Neptune, in, in my perspective, plays an important role in career. And, and so the fact that these people are born with Neptune Aquarius or Neptune conjunct Uranus means that the Aquarius part is the astrology. And the Neptune part is the ability to channel that into the, into the collective consciousness. So these people will probably be instruments um, and, and will use what we have prepared for them. Maurice, could you also speak to how we're, we've been leaving the age of Pisces and entering the age of Aquarius and once again, we have that theme with Neptune coming into play. Could you describe how you see that taking place in these times? Mm, I think we're going to need another hour. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is um, a very compelling subject and very fascinating. Um, as as you may know, and as the listeners may know. Um, the, the, the earth angle as it rotates around the sun, it, it, it has a wobbling effect. And this means that um, this angle has a particular changes. And the North Pole constantly shifts. Um, around the different northern stars. What am I saying is that 
each as this wobble occurs and as the earth spins around the sun um, each year at springtime when this on the 21st of March there is a different degree a different constellation that aligns with the sun that's what we call the precession of the equinoxes if people want to look it up you know we don't have time to get very deep into that but right now the constellation of Pisces uh, the very early degrees of Pisces is aligned with the spring in the northern hemisphere so 21st 20 or 21st of March is now aligned with three to four degrees Pisces and it moves backwards every every 72 years a degree so we're moving from Pisces into Aquarius and as we mark the spring moment in the northern hemisphere the opposite sign marks the spring moment in the southern hemisphere in September so as three or four Pisces is on is aligned with 21st of March three or four Virgo is aligned with the 22nd of September so spring in the northern hemisphere is Pisces spring in the southern hemisphere is Virgo and interestingly um, the this determines the ages what we call a great cycle these cycles last about 2000 150 years so it's it stays in the sign of Pisces and Virgo for about 2,000 years and guess what happened 2,000 years ago <laughs> when uh, this we moved from the Aries sign to the Pisces sign this was the time that Jesus was on the planet and we know that Jesus is represented by the fish and we know that his mother is the virgin so uh, i don't think that's a coincidence <laughs> right um and and so now we're gradually shifting into aquarius on the in the northern hemisphere and leo in the southern hemisphere mm. so uh, it's interesting that the constellations of pisces and Aquarius are actually overlapping hmm. because in the sky you know it's it's not divided as we see it in our chart where everything is uh, equally divided in 30 degrees and you know we move from Pisces to Virgo from Pisces right, to Aquarius right it's much messier. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, thank you so much, Maurice. Uh, we're coming to the end of our show today. And okay. this has been so wonderful to have you share with us about the profession of astrology. We want to thank you so very much. Absolutely. And, yes. And you can find out more about Maurice and the Organization for Professional Astrology at opaastrology.org. And as Maurice mentioned, uh, OPA will be publishing a book, The Professional Practice of Astrology, later this year in conjunction with uh, their event next spring. 
Join us next week when we begin our new show format aligned to the sun sign for the month. Janie and I will be kicking off a month of shows centered around the sign of Leo. Thank you, listeners, for joining us today on Astrology, the Theory of Everything. You can find us on Facebook at Astro Talk Radio and link up with Janie and me on LinkedIn. And we can continue our conversation on Twitter with hashtag Astro Talk Radio. Thank you for being a part of the show today. Please join Janie McCarthy and Mary Jo Weavers again next week for another edition of Astrology, the Theory of Everything. We're live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. May the stars be with you.